baby. Episode one. X Boys. We're back. Well, did we ever leave? Back from episode zero, I guess. We've only just begun. Yeah, we're here. It's happening. We're here to talk about episode one and episode two of X-Men, the animated series. And that is titled The Night of the Sentinels, part one and part two. Oh, my God. Guys, we're here. We're doing it. It's happening. Holy moly. It feels so good. It really does, especially coming hot off of these two episodes back to back. Like You just realize how instantly how thoroughly that these creators understand x-men the show is stupid good it it really is and not for kids like i mean it is for kids but at the same time i'm watching it i'm like god i hope cyclops and wolverine like figure this shit out well there's also (laughs) a lot of like dialogue and like references that are very much geared towards adults like beast makes a lot of like very intellectual like he he references a poet uh, a poem at one point Beast needs to relax he really yeah he's a lot (laughs) he's kind of a smart ass and he wants everyone to know it i was there with the i'd be like dude not like we get it. Yeah, dude. we get you your, read. You're smart. Yeah, That's, they lock him away for the entire season, so yeah. they don't have to write quotes for him. He's in a cell. Um, uh, it's pretty nice to know that you know you go back and watch old shows from your childhood, and usually you're like, "God, I was a dumb little kid," but right, we, we were absolutely right with this when we nailed it. Or no, it, it still slaps. Or yeah. they've aged, or or even you're just like, "Oh, this is for kids." Yeah. And this, I was like, "Dude, this is." Well, I was we'll fully engaged it. the whole time. Like oh, I was sure. in it, and I was. And, yeah, and we were just talking about this, but I think all of us by the we've been planning this for a bit, and I think all of us have watched these first two episodes about four or five times each already, um, which is a lot. But each time I watched it, I was like, "I'm yeah, sure, why not? I'm watching it." Again. Well, and I get something new every time <laughs> yeah. too. I, I find there's some lines, some reference. There even visually, there's so much happening on the screen. Like I feel like a lot of animation is a lot cheaper nowadays but uh there's so many little tiny details that are just crammed into like every frame of this like whether it's a mutant that's like on the tv or like a store in the mall or like a a character that's off to the side like yeah all right so so where where do we meet the world when the show begins how how what kind of world are we walking into here well the show begins with this oh shit already Hyped. Yes. Blast off. The greatest theme song in animation history, TV show history, I, comic book history for sure. I mean, it's up there. Think about. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. That Batman, 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 yeah, Batman there's Batman's really good. There's a ton, but that just like. <clears throat> You just get pumped the second you hear it, and then that guitar solo comes in, and you're just like, yeah. yes, let's rock. I want to see some mutants showing off their powers. Cyclops blasting his eyes into the freaking sky. You've got Storm with the lightning raining down. you got Wolverine tearing shit to shreds. It's it's beautiful. you got Morph. I mean, you're... Morphin. You, you got Gambit uh, posing well, with his... You definitely baton. don't have Morph Morphin. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get but. to that later. Imagine you're a kid and you hear about the morph character from this show and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. This guy, I'm so excited to meet this dude. And then you don't see him in the opening credits and you're kind of like, okay, whatever. Uh, but you, fine. you're getting him throughout the episode. You're like, this is oh. great. And then, yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh, the beautiful thing about morph was as a kid, we, my brother and I had the action figure for morph and it came with three heads that you could switch out. Whoa. So... You had Cyclops, you had Wolverine, you had Morph. You could switch them out, and you had three acting figures for the price of one. If it makes you feel any better, Gambit, 
I go in like this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. That was you as a child yeah. playing with your morph figurine. <laughs> and then I had, we simple? just threw away the morph head because we never used that one. We just kept him as Wolverine. Oh, you got You did our boy dirty like I that. Know, that's, I know. that's fucked up. Okay, so Night of the Sentinels, part one. We begin. Who's on TV? Sabretooth. And we don't even know that, honestly. We just, like, we know that because we know X-Men a little bit. But, like, we after episode one and two, we still don't know who Sabretooth is. But you get a little sneak peek. They're giving you a little hint. And he's going absolutely mental, mate. It just sets up for the whole theme for the show, which is mutants are bad. Mutants and are bad. You root against Folks, they're bad. They're all bad. Yeah. Yeah, so Jubilee's family sees this on TV. You um, find out that they decided to register her with the mutant control agency because they think it's a good agency that's going to help their mutant daughter uh, adjust to her life as a mutant so that she doesn't grow up to be a dangerous girl. But surprise, surprise, <laughs> mutant control agency, they've got these little guys known as Sentinels yeah. on their way to collect Jubilee right now. Oh, my God. The second you register, it's on. Yeah, exactly. Sentinels are on. And so uh, having only seen the movies, really, I noticed, so they kind of swapped Jubilee for Rogue, I guess, in the first X-Men movie. I would imagine Jubilee on the big screen in that movie would probably be a little jarring. But Well, yeah, Jubilee is like our, she's our entry point character into the show, or into the world of mutants, rather. And uh, that character has kind of taken a lot of different iterations over the years in the comics. Like Kitty Pride was kind of the first big example of, of right. a fresh-faced mutant who shows up at Xavier, who gets into some trouble, shows up at Xavier School and gets accepted as a student there. Uh, Jubilee is taking on that role here. Yes, the Sentinels land and immediately tries to kill a dog. Um, That's the first thing it does. It's like, it these does, are the bad guys. Yeah. It's like barking at him and he like reaches for the dog. It's like, oh, I'm out of here. Um, and yeah, the dad is mad about Jubilee uh, almost breaking the VCR and we have a little... Uh, are you kidding? Look what she did to the VCR just by touching it. So dad is pissed. You probably paid like $120 for that VCR. Dude, it was expensive. So I kind of get it. But at the same time, the dad's like... I'm I'm sending our daughter away. Can we talk about this dad a little bit? I, I, yeah, let's get into he's it. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's, he's the worst, fo worst foster dad. I mean, there's a lot of bad foster dads out there. He's definitely one of the there worst. There are red flags all over this thing. He only says like three things, and I know he's a pervert freak. Like later, he like immediately <laughs> tries to sell her out. Yes. <laughs> the he mom is not much better. The mom is like very like, I don't even know what the word is. Pa I don't want to say submissive. Yeah, passive. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. No. She's just like, yeah, I guess you're right. But here's the thing. They've only had her for a year. Yeah. And her powers just recently showed up. Which is even weirder because he says, our beautiful girl. And I'm like, can you say that about your... I, it's all wrong. It's yeah. really all wrong. So Jubilee's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to the mall. My parents clearly hate me. And she says those are her best foster parents she's ever had by the end of the episode. And she's I'm like, been through a lot. Uh... She's been through a lot. Yeah. By the end of this, she's, she'll go through a lot more. But before we see where Jubilee goes, the Sentinel is right outside the house just grabs her room off off the house and her parents are like did you hear something <laughs> <laughs> they literally go they're like they did the you hear that and then like he rips the wall open oh <laughs> the house is destroyed and they're like huh something i think the dog knocked something over upstairs and there's just a hole and they're like oh my god <laughs> um and then uh we cut to jubilee defending the earth in a video game. <laughs> the most elaborate arcade game I've ever seen. She's doing... And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty elaborate video game. And then she, guess what? Just like the VCR, breaks the arcade machine. Do you know how much that game costs? <laughs> yeah, a quarter. That's a good burn. Insane burn. And, yeah. by the way, in, during that pause, when she says, yeah, 
a quarter. She puts her sunglasses on. She cool guy. She cool guys the guy. She's never been cooler than in that. Mo- That's the coolest she gets the entire episode. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest with you, and the coolest thing about her is she puts on her sunglasses whenever she's about to light shit up. You yeah, got to protect those eyes. The ultimate cool guy move is taking the sunglasses off or putting them on. Either way, you're the coolest person in the room. So she jets after that because she breaks more property. She runs out into the mall. Get away from the situation. Get away from the the creepy, disgusting arcade manager who, who isn't tolerant of our new fresh-faced mutant Jubilee. And who else is in the mall but some ex-women mm. in their regular clothes, shopping around, having a ladies' night out. Uh, you got Storm and Rogue shopping together. And who's off on his own? Oh, my God. Mon ami. <laughs> Gambit with probably the Actually, I'm not going to say the best mutant introduction because it's up for grabs. There's a lot of good ones. Honestly, I think Cyclops might be the most powerful. I love Gambit. It's a fucking terrible introduction. He's buying a stack of cards at the mall. Not a deck, like a stack. Right. (laughs) He's a weirdo. So he's flirting well, with the woman who he, works there. Let you'll me, come here. to find that he he needs those cards I know, not for playing, but, but for out of fighting. context, he looks like a fucking weirdo. So she's like trying to flirt with him a little, and this is how it goes. You must like to play cards. I like solitaire, okay? Unless I got someone to play with. Oh my wow. god! Wow. Also, you could hear a sentinel in the background <laughs> <laughs> just walk, and literally the visual is legs behind him as he's just flirting with this woman in the store. No one hears this giant robot, which broke through the mall entrance moments prior, just stomping its oh, way yeah. through this mall. Destroyed. It also says, do not be alarmed. And everyone's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Got cool, it. Cool, cool. Thanks for that. Um, Gambit likes to jerk off. Let's just say it. Right. I mean, that is what his line implies. He's, he's basically saying, I like to jerk off unless someone can also jerk me off. And yeah. she's like, okay, that'll be 10 bucks for your... Deck in your stack yeah. of cards. That's I like solitaire, okay? Right. <laughs> um, so then uh, the Sentinel comes in and scans Jubilee. Do you guys want to know what, the, what it sees? I do. Because she's registered at this point. No, that's right. Guys, her mutant file, 05163-244. That's what we're going to call Jubilee from now on. I can't remember that. Okay, I fine. got it. Uh, her name is Jubilation Lee. Oh, no. That is her full name. Uh, she's five foot, 90 pounds. And Chinese American. Those are her stats. She is tiny, ninety She's pounds. Tiny. Yeah, five foot. So Jubilee's captured by the Sentinel, and then Storm and Rogue decide to stop shopping and and check it out. Uh, Sentinel also scans them. You want to know? Storm's 5'11", 127 pounds. Rogue five eight, one twenty. That's, That's all, all this got. podcast is going to be. We're just going to be giving you measurements of women. I told you we're going. Hey, no comment. Just saying. So Sentinel is like saying some some stupid shit to them and then rogue says up on the speech, sugar. which is really cool and that also reminds me rogue is probably one of the coolest voices i've heard oh, in a cartoon fantastic her voice is amazing her it's one of the is, few things i remember from yeah. this show from when i her name is lenore zahn what's rogue's name when they scan her rogue it just says rogue yeah she they had limited stats okay because um, they're, un- they're unidentified they're not registered i know but the sentinels suck they suck, but well, they... But here's the thing. They're in their infancy of their program. They're not. It's not a fully developed program yet because... registered. Because later on in part two, Bolivar Trask gets super pissed off at Gyrick for sending out uh, the Sentinels yeah. in the first place because he says, yo, you did it too soon. You, you've shown our hand too early. They aren't ready. And they're not ready. And, uh, and then they get in trouble. But we'll get to that later. 
Yeah. That's fair. They're just robots. So they're just so, robots doing their best. Yeah. They're yeah, just doing right. their best to gather up Give a couple a mutants. So uh Storm and Rogue see this happen and Storm does a super sick transformation into her uh just lightning bolts her clothes off. Yeah. And in and, and underneath is her amazing, like incredible white costume that she wears, which is one of my favorite superhero costumes of all time. It's so cool. It's really cool. Um and this leads me to when Rogue just takes off in the air. So having only really seen the movies, I I was shocked to to see what Rogue's powers actually were. Rogue's a badass, man. She flies, then also throws the escalator at the Sentinel and then says or no, Storm says Rogue has a way with men. The credits of the, the episode they say the attributes of each character, right? Yeah. Um it's she's overpowered. Yeah, Rogue's oh, insane. Yeah. So they they she's one of the last ones they list, and it says Rogue has the ability to absorb energy from other living beings. Also has the power of flight, as Henry mentioned, and is indestructible. They just throw that in like, there. In the way that sentence is formed, has the ability to absorb energy from other living beings. Oh, cool. Also has the power of flight and is indestructable. Oh, by but the way, what? she's indestructible. Huh? And that's I mean, that's probably why they didn't really do her that way in the movie, because it's yeah. like, who needs the X-Men when you really yep. just have Rogue? She's Superman. So in this so there's a comic that this sequence is sort of loosely based on when Jubilee uh joins the X-Men originally. And um it's uh, like Uncanny X-Men 244, and the comic's actually called Ladies' Night, and it's basically the X-Men are in Australia because there's a period where they go hang out in Australia for a while, and Carol Danvers' brain, uh, her mind, is stuck inside of Rogue's body. Whoa. And Rogue's mind Whoa. and Carol Danvers' mind, Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel, for those right. who don't know, uh, they're, they're kind of taking co-ownership of her body and sort of swapping psyches in and out. Whoa. Um, anyway, they decide they need a break because they've had a really stressful time and Rogue's also losing it from having this other person inside of her head. So they decide to go to the mall to shop. But guess who's there? Jubilee. And guess who's also there? This group of weirdo, evil doctors who are kind of like a parody version of the Ghostbusters called the M-Squad. And they carry around these guns that they use. To, and they, they're, they're storming through the mall looking for Jubilee. And the ex-women get involved and uh, basically kick their asses and make them look like fools. Moral of the story, don't go to the mall in the X-Men universe. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> nothing but nothing but skirmishes. Nothing but tussles. Uh, okay. If I, if I go to the mall, though, and I'm looking for a mall babe, where, would I might, where might I find her? <laughs> well... Does a mall baby chili fries? Oh, chili fries. Right. That's how you get any mall babe. You, you buy a plate of chili fries, slap it down in front of her, and say, hey, let's go to the arcade. Where have all the mall babes gone? <laughs> all right, so despite being extremely powerful, Storm and Rogue get slapped around by that robot. But guess who joins the fight? The Cajun, with another extremely cool introduction. Stand aside. I must apprehend that mutant. Hey. And he pulls out his schlong and no, <laughs> pulls out his cards and just goes to town throwing them at that bad boy. So she does, he does that, and then and then <laughs> Jubilee says, "How did you do that? With style, petit. With style. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm a mutant too. Just, just." Amazing. Yeah, it's cool, but like Gambit is the entire reason why the X-Men get exposed to the public in the first place. Later on, they play a recording from one of the Sentinels who hears Gambit's voice saying, 
don't mess with the X-Men. And they play it like, oh, it's like a soundboard. They're like, don't mess with the, don't, don't, me- don't mess with the X-Men. And they're like, who's this X-Men? And Professor Xavier's like, I knew we'd be exposed to the public one day, but not like this. And, and you know, it's, it's literally all Gambit's fault that, like, the bad guys even find out who the X-Men are in the yeah, first place. So he's really kind of... With styles, <laughs> doing it with style, dude. He's I don't know what else exposing the want. X-Men to the public like, with style. It's honestly he doesn't worth give a shit. But it's I also love that there's no repercussions for it. Like no. Xavier's not mad at him. Right? He's just like, hey, man, this was gonna happen, like, and I guess it happened. He knows Gambit. This is good, juxtaposed to Rogue's description at the end of the episode. For Gambit, it's can charge objects with explosive charges of kinetic energy. Costume is body armor. <laughs> So Rogue's well, indestructible. It says costume is body armor, no, which I assume all the X-Men are wearing some form of... They're saying Gambit has style. Oh. Right. They're basically... That's petite. a superpower for him is his style, petite. So Jubilee goes running out into the parking lot. And who does she find there? <laughs> who does she find there? The fearless leader of the X-Men. The one-eyed man himself. Scotty. Scotty boy. <laughs> Scott Summers. But she quite literally runs into him and is kind of freaking out a little bit. The Sentinel is still chasing her because he got away from the other X-Men. Because Sentinel honestly doesn't care about those other X-Men. Because why should it? They're not registered. It doesn't have it in its programming to get these registered mutants. Although, man, this show would have ended pretty early if it did. Unidentified mutants. Ignore. Exactly. So Jubilee runs out. Cyclops is there to buy some new chinos. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> runs into Jubilee, who's being chased by Sentinel. Sentinel's blasting away. And all he does, very calm, he just goes, Energy blast, huh? Here's one from a pro. Yeah, he. so everyone's having trouble with the Sentinels. Cyclops shows up and just immediately beheads it with a laser blast from his eyes. Imme- I mean, we saw three X-Men go down. Rogue from this is indestructible. robot. Mm-hmm. A mutant that we were just talking about is way too powerful for her own good. Storm, who is a g- literal god uh, in the comics, she's literally like worshipped uh, back not, home. Not to mention, Rogue has a way with men. Right, exactly. <laughs> the Sentinel, by all intents and purposes, is, is probably identifies as male. So Cyclops end credits, it says, uh, stores solar energy for discharge as powerful force beams fire from his eyes. See, that's where I take contention because... Ooh. In the comics, the solar thing was an explanation provided, but there have been alternate theories provided as to where his power from his eyes come from. And it really isn't solar energy. Basically, the the explanation of his powers is that Scott has tiny little portals inside of his eyes. And those portals are portals to a dimension of pure kinetic energy. What? I didn't know that. And when he opens his eyes, it is unleashing this dimensional power. And the only way he can channel that and funnel that is through the uh, red ruby quartz uh, glasses or whatever whatever they're called. Who figured that out? Who figured out the glasses thing? Who figured out the glasses? Xavier did. Cool. Because Scott, I, I believe it was Xavier. It might have been Beast. Um, so he was just going around blasting shit when he was blasting. 13. Yeah. Well, yeah, he started, and then he had to you know, keep his eyes closed. And he, he, th- he never thought he would see again. And then, uh, you know, goes to Xavier, and Xavier gives him the old glasses to uh, let him actually see. Yeah, but is good. that related to Cyclops' brother? Havoc? Who shoots out of his... We'll he... get there. We'll get there later. Okay. okay. Out of his butt. We might meet that boy <laughs> yeah, down the road somewhere. Everyone in his family shoots out of their orifices. You're not going to learn this kind of shit in the animated series. I'll tell you what. This I'm, is why you got to tune into the x I'm bummed to hear that, though, Andrew, because I like storing up my energy to discharge it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine having that energy all the time. <laughs> uh, he does. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, John does. He's got to let it out. So Jubilee, she she immediately faints in the hands of Cyclops. And where does she wake up? Who knows? It's a creepy underground lab. We have no idea where she is. She's hearing things. She's seeing things. She's she's running around. She's freaking out. This small babe is far from her chili fries. Yeah, big time. And and she as she's running down the hall, she she sees a, a monstrous creature, a monstrous blue creature, uh, in a laboratory. He's uh, Jack though, like don't super Jack. Don't get it twisted. He's talking to himself ripped. like a madman. And uh, this is the man who we will come to know as Beast. Yeah. Um. Just so you know, end credits explanation. Extraordinary agility and superhuman strength. Interesting that intelligence is not one of his powers. Well, he was already he's just a smart. smart guy. He's he's a genius. Yeah. Completely removed from the fact that he's a mutant. And right. That's, that's his real superpower. I if love you ask that. Me. Yeah. He's also he's also like pouring concoctions and shit upside down. So you know he's very talented. <laughs> it's a pretty important lesson for kids. It's like you have to still read books. You can't just be born smart. Right. Yeah. Have you thought exactly. about that, Henry? <laughs> anyway. So she runs by another room. She sees this. Freak. Now let me talk about this. <laughs> okay, C- cook. Let me talk about the second encounter. Cook, cook. She runs into a guy sitting on the couch watching TV. Now we've talked about this guy before because you two seem to just absolutely love him, and his name is Morph. Okay, Morph. Now you guys love Morph. Okay, I think he's a creepy little fuckface. <laughs> I don't. Like this guy. That's aggressive. The, dude. I get it. I get it. You walk. She walks in. She's on the outside. He's just chilling on the couch watching TV, copying people. First, he, he copies a congressman. He goes like, I am not a crook or something. Then he copies a perfume ad. It's like Fabio. And then he sees Jubilee on the TV and copies Jubilee. She's losing her mind. And he's just, <laughs> he's just laughing away. She's like, He's, he's creepy, dude. He's having a good time watching he has TV, pervy man. vibes. I don't like him. Well, here's the thing. I So is he like Mystique? No, he is not Mystique. No, he's not blue. Then why is he not in the movies? And why is Mystique in the movies, huh? Well, you ever Mystique, think about that? Well, here's the thing. Morph isn't really a comic book character. Uh, they So they basically loosely... They're like, we need a creep. They needed a guy that they could spoiler alert i mean you've already seen the episode if you're listening to this uh they needed a guy they could kill in the first episode for shock value similar Oof. to how thunderbird dies in the comics and like the first couple issues that he shows up he's Oof. like on their first mission with his, the x-men and he dies immediately fun fact this character was supposed to be thunderbird oh shit really oh but oh. it would have been a weird choice to kill a native american x-men in the first episode yeah not yes. ideal yeah uh, what does thunderbird do uh, Thunderbird, he's really strong, uh, dur- extreme durability. Um, you know, like you can shoot a bullet at him and it'll deflect off him or whatever. Don't care. And he also has <laughs> not in the episode. He also has heightened senses, but uh, anyway, just trying to see if he's cooler than more for you, and apparently, he's I, not. He's creepy. He giggles, and that's all I have to say. I don't like him. You I guys like him? Ill of the fun. dead. Well, here's so my relationship with Morph. I actually completely had no idea this character was in this show because of the random episodes that I remember, I don't remember him at all in it. And so I thought he was just a comic book character. So there's this version of Morph that shows up in a comic called The Exiles. And it was like mid-2000s when this came out. And he has the same... And Exiles, the premise is basically it's a handful of mutants from different dimensions that are stuck traveling to other dimensions and have to solve problems in these different dimensions. So there's like a version of... Uh, Blink, who you know can create portals, and she actually travels them from place to place. There's Morph, uh, but he looks completely different. He has a completely like white shape, 
like amorphous head. Uh, he could turn into anybody though. And then there's also like Nightcrawl, like uh, Nightcrawler's granddaughter or something is one of the characters. I mean, there's a lot of different versions of different characters in it. Morph being one of them. And the reason they made him in that comic is because the writers loved Morph from the X-Men TV show so much that they decided to make him canonical in the comics. That makes sense. <laughs> Don't care. He sucks. Wow. <laughs> Next. She's like, well, I gotta gonna, get the hell hate our, out of here. You're gonna hate our segment later. <laughs> so Jubilee's like, I, I gotta get the hell out of here. This guy just turned into me. This is when we see Professor X and Jean Grey for the first time. They're off, and they're like, the girl, the girl escaped. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just want to point out something real quick. Yeah. Um, when she's running past them, you can actually see some TV monitors, and oh yes, good there's point. There's two mutants that you can very clearly, or at least I very clearly made out on those monitors. One of them is actually Domino. It's like from random oh. news Oh, footage. I didn't see that. One of them is Domino, and the other one is Cannonball. Um, oh, I missed that too. Yeah, they're both, it's like tiny little TV monitors as Jubilee's like running through. Oh, shit. Well, also Magneto's on Morph's TV when he's flipping through. Yeah. They yeah. show a brief clip of scary, scary um, Magnet Man. Little teaser. So, like, this is terrifying. Jubilee has now run into a, a giant blue science werewolf a perverted shapeshifter, <laughs> and soon a psychic and Xena, uh, like, all looking for her. And at this point, like, we don't know these are good guys. No, they, they are not presented she's as good terrified. guys. She's terrified. Like, she was locked up, and now she's like, ah, dude, I'm trapped with more of these saber-tooth-type mutants, you know? So it's scary. So Professor X calls out to everybody saying, you know, the girl has escaped, the girl has escaped, whatever. She's freaking out. He calls her an intruder, though, and I'm like, dude. I okay, yeah, he does say that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I think that's it's just a bit aggressive. It's the, a bit too aggressive. I think it's to make the audience believe like this is not a safe place. By the yeah. way, we meet Professor X, right? Yeah, he's the founder of the X Men. So <laughs> says the credits of this. I guess we should discuss that. Hey, John, why do you think Morph isn't in the credits of this? <laughs> uh, Morph is dead. Rest in peace. And if if Henry ever says anything bad about him again, okay, I'm gonna cry. It's gonna happen. So Professor X in the credits is listed as the founder of the X-Men, which we all know, has telepathic abilities, of course, and can read minds and project thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's it. Scary. Jean, you want to say Jean Grey? Oh, let's not forget about Jean. She's with him. Able to move objects with telekinetic energy. Limited telepathic ability. So she's Professor X Jr. That's interesting that they gave her tele... They, they said that she has telepathic abilities. She hasn't showcased them yet in the show. Yeah. I don't even think she showcases... I don't think she showcases any of her powers in the show yet. In, in these first two episodes, no, right? Just say no, she can sense she that Morph go, is gone. Well, she doesn't go on the mission later. Cerebro or whatever. Oh, oh. Okay. Whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called oh, you're right. in, the, in the TV show. But yeah, she no, has it's, that it's helmet cerebro. on. Yeah. It's worth mentioning that Jubilee, for some reason, is not listed... In the credits, characters we don't get because it's just fireworks. <laughs> yes, she shoots sparkles from her hands. Hey, they're like interdimensional uh, light beams. Okay, right. it's not just <laughs> um, pyrotechnic okay. energy blasts. So says the internet. There we go. Mm. Explosively charges objects, stealing Gambit's thunder. Ooh. And she can evade telepathic detection, which feels very unrelated to her other powers. Yeah, I wonder how the. I guess they the, threw the, that her, in after. No, her spark. No, her sparklers like create like a uh, disturbance. Static. Yeah, so she can kind of throw them and like get away. That's pretty. I hate machines. Oh, it all makes sense. Um, well, so she's freaking out. Okay? She's about to run into yeah, the well, most dangerous place of all. As soon as she thinks, oh, I can't be any more scared, she ducks into a dark room. No, no, no. Even worse, it's labeled danger room. 
Oh, she sees that? Why would you go in there? And she starts slamming on the panel to get in, and she just oh my God. shoots it with her fireworks, and it opens up. She runs in. Doors close behind her, shrouded in darkness. And then you just hear a voice say, Gambit Wolverine training sequence, initiate. Oh, my God. Who's this Wolverine guy? What, what, we already know who Gambit is we from, know from Gambit. the mall. We know the creepy mall perv is there. And she's like, is that guy jerking off in the this dark? The Where All are of we? a sudden, stuff starts flying everywhere. There's giant spike balls. There's huge pistons. Gambit flies out. Wolverine comes out. This guy with three claws and a giant yellow spandex suit. And they're just going at it. They're, they're trying to wrestle each other. And she's caught in the middle, freaking out. And then she... And then there how does it end? Are, oh, it's it's a weird ending because we go to commercial break on Wolverine getting the upper hand on Gambit and seeming like he's going to fucking kill him. kill him. Yes, yes. Gambit tackles Wolverine choice. to the ground and he raises his claws. And commercial break. And we're going to an advertiser, folks. <laughs> okay, we're back from our advertisers. <laughs> we're back from the ad. From the so ad. Wolverine has Gambit in his claws and he's about to kill him and he says, my personal favorite line of the episode. Just say, uncle. <laughs> Just taunting him. It's hilarious. It's real fun to make fun of Cajuns. <laughs> yeah, this is a sore subject. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh man. And we're gonna keep doing it. Um. So sorry, John. It's pretty good. But I do love that we have these two uh, French connected characters, both with the Cajun French with Gambit and Canadian French with Wolverine. I, I think that's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Who's this? crazy fucking dude with claws well according to the credits wolverine has heightened senses and an accelerated healing ability and implanted indestructible animadium skeleton and claws we all know adamantium skeleton what did i say adamantium Adamantium. i'm just making fun of your accent i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) just say (laughs) that's gonna be me to you every episode just say (laughs) gambit is on top, or no, wait, who's on? Wolverine's on top of Gambit. Jubilee's like, hey, get off him, and blasts him with sparkles. He flies across the room. So Jubilee's got some strength. She um, blasts through metal walls and shit. Like, she's... Yeah. So everybody now is in the danger room. They found her. They figured it out. Yeah, and Xavier basically says, yo, Storm, tell her what the deal nice. is. They're yeah, being yeah, nice. They're like, yo, Jubilee, we're, we're cool, we swear. Storm kind of takes her under her wing and sort of, you know, explains what the X-Men are and what they do and what a mutant is and what the school is. Yeah, it takes this. her up to the roof. Yeah, and she just kind of shows her the ropes. I blow stuff up. And she says, I blow stuff up. It's pretty much accurate. Yeah. No one knows they're a mutant when they're born, says Storm. Yeah, she explains that everyone's at the everyone at the school is a mutant and no one really knows they're a mutant until, until they hit puberty around jubilee's age yeah who is 13 oh wow yeah she's I 13 in this yeah so xavier's the leader and uh and storm also wanted to clarify to jubilee that her name comes from being able to change the weather if that was not um very obvious. So thanks to Jubilee, the X-Men sort of realized that the Sentinels are targeting registered mutants that are specifically registered with the Mutant Control Agency, um, which isn't really a, a thing in the comics. I think the show just kind of made it up to have some kind of... But Xavier explains that the Mutant Control Agency is a private company that sometimes works with the government and that they've been they've clearly been working on the robotics of some kind and they're clearly rounding up mutants in a violent and destructive way and something needs to be done about that. So... 
He tasks the X-Men with going to the mutant control agency and destroying all the files of all the registered mutants that they currently have. Just blow that shit up. Just straight up go in, wreck it, come back. Simple mission, and he assigns uh, Cyclops, Wolverine, Morph, Rogue, and Beast, and Storm. So Xavier, Xavier sends them out on this mission and lets Jubilee go, right? Jubilee just... She goes home, but she's also running home because she she needs to make sure that her foster parents are okay. Because she thinks the MCA is going to come for them. Yeah, she she cares about her foster parents, unlike them caring about her. Uh, on her way, I think it's important to shout out the scene where she runs past a sentinel that is seemingly hiding behind a tree. Standing next to a house. <laughs> there is a sentinel st- who is just hundreds of feet tall. And all you just see its legs. I'd say like fifty. I'd say like fifty. Fifty feet. feet tall, standing behind a tree, and she's just like, I have to make sure they're okay, and runs past. Anyway, I'm. I just cannot get over the fact that she runs past a sentinel. Well, sentinels are also extremely quiet in this until they're right next to you, and then you can hear them. I mean, look, we saw earlier the way that sentinel burst into that house. It would be like missing knowing. a, a giant building, like a car crash that crashed into your living room. It's crazy. Yeah, and what's great about this episode is that it establishes the relationship dynamic between Xavier and Scott, where Xavier is making the overall decisions for the X-Men, but Scott is obviously the guy on the ground who has to execute Xavier's plan. He's like the quarterback to Xavier's head coach, right? Right. And like, a lot of times you'll find that Scott does not agree with the things that Xavier wants him to do, and they really tend to butt heads over that, especially here where he doesn't think the best plan of action is to go to the MCA. He thinks it's only going to expose them more and create more danger for the team that already is now kind of under some public scrutiny and, and some scrutiny from the, or not scrutiny, is under pressure uh, from the MCA because they know about their existence. They are probably preparing for an attack of some kind from these so-called X-Men. So this is the first time the X-Men are revealed to the public, according to Professor X. Yes. What the fuck have they been doing for the last 20 years? Learning. What's the X-Jet been doing? My guess is that it, the idea is that they've been kind of discreetly helping mutants and right. getting and, and in various ways, but they haven't ever been exposed yet, right? They've just been doing these undercover secret missions that have helped mutants in random situ- perilous situations, right? Got it. I mean, I would assume so. That's the otherwise they're just sitting around in dope costumes, just kind of waiting for something to happen in the danger room, killing each other. Yeah, just getting ready for the day that comes, the, the day that may or may not come, where they have to use their powers in combat of some kind. Right. It's just Hogwarts over there. So, uh, so Cyclops is having issues with this mission. He doesn't know if he he likes the he doesn't know if he likes this mission. Uh, Wolverine basically calls him a bitch and uh, and then pushes uh, Gambit out of the way. I feel like we should quote this again because. It seems like kind of a hate crime. Out of the way, Gumbo. No, I, I accept that one. Oh, okay, cool. All right, Gumbo. <laughs> John signs off on Gumbo. Uh, we're going to call John Gumbo from now on. It's an honor. <laughs> so then we cut to outside the MCA. The team is ready for their infiltration. Uh, and Rogue kind of gives a little hint of her backstory to Beast. And uh, we hear that Rogue put her boyfriend in a coma. Just by touching him. Kind of sad. That's really heavy for a kid's show. Pretty heavy. Uh, yeah, Rogue. And then Rogue asked Beast, um, like, how mutants are created. Here's a little clip. You're supposed to know everything, Beast. What makes us like we are, anyway? Gamma rays, pollution, ozone depletion. 
television. Progress. Lousy luck. You sure make a lot of noise. Wolverine snuck up on them at the end. He wasn't supposed to be on the mission, but he did it anyway. That's whoa, how he whoa, rolls. Whoa. So, gamma rays, pollution, yeah, ozone radiation, and television. It's funny that they don't say know. like the main thing that the comics kind of say. Which That's is what like I want to know. What the is the atomic it? bomb? Like radiation from the atomic bomb? Because uh, well, the X Men are radiation. also well, the X Men are also known as children of the atom, and so it's kind of like the mutants uh, didn't start existing until after the nuclear testing and explosions happened. Got it. Adam, but the thing is, no oh. one actually really kind of knows for sure where they came from. I mean, it changes in the comics all the time because that's how comics work. But uh, yeah, television. The, the operation. I'm theory. pretty sure it was television. I think it's television. You think it's television? Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Don't want to, you know, tell you you're wrong. But he did say television, and also, ozone. It's a bad message that pollution made the X Men because, like, don't recycle. You can be a fucking mutant. I'll right. Take, I'll take those odds. Okay, so Cyclops is ready to start. Mission begins. He's ready to start the mission, and he says, Okay, Storm, do your thing. Sick. Storm opens up some clouds in the sky, right? She starts putting some mist on the ground, some fog. Everybody starts hopping the fence. Morph asks for a little boost over, and Beast and, Beast and Wolverine kind of look at each other like, let's get this fucking creep over this wall. They toss his ass. I don't think that's. I the think look, Wolverine but, thought. No, 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 no. I think no. Wolverine thought, "Hey, I've had a long and happy life with this best friend of mine. Let, let's do a little goofy." The only Josh. person in this world who okay. can make me smile. For the sake yeah. of the story, that's true. Wolverine is like, oh, "I'll give you a little toss," and he winks at Beast, and then Morph goes. <laughs> Wait, this this gets to my favorite part. Maybe you play we'll, that one more that's time. That's an actual yeah, yeah. clip of Morph yelling as he gets flung over the wall. <laughs> Top secret night mission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it which, gets better. Which then summons the police officer. This might be my favorite guard. part of the episode. Security guard comes over and says, are you okay to a person who was just thrown over right. the fence? Has no idea who he is. Intruder. Top secret, yes. like uh, private corporate, like evil corporation facility. His first words are, Middle are you of the okay? Night. I mean, honestly, it's not. It, it, props to him for being nice, but at the same time, like not doing his job. Oh no! Not a lot of people don't do their jobs particularly well. <laughs> Isn't Morph disguised as a security guard? So, first, no, it's the so Sentinels. The I mean, part. the MCA really doesn't have their shit together yet because, like, first yeah. the Sentinels are screwing up. They're not really recognizing the most dangerous mutants of all. Uh, and then you have these security guards who just are are asking intruders blatantly, just, "Hey, you fine over there? You you okay?" <laughs> and and the best part of this is it to. To trick the security guard, Morph decides that he will just morph into that security guard. So he turns around and he, he's just like the same guy and points his gun at him. So can this is a question I had. Does Morph have a gun? Yes, I think so. It's not a gun. I think it is. Well, it's it's a poison. Like a taser. Or yeah, it's yeah. a sleeping spray gun, right? Because he shoots a like a spray in his face, and then he look. I'm not going to let Henry, Henry campaign to make more more of a bad guy. But he doesn't have a gun. He's a good dude. I don't mean that, but, but like, he has like a sleeping gas gun. I guess my it. point is, is that the security guard's gun? Could he like? Phase that like did he create that as well? No, that's way too no. Okay, good because I don't. I think it's organic. It's Morph. organic matter only. You know. Okay, so they do that. More uh, storm electrocutes a guard to death, um, <laughs> and then they're basically they get past the outer security and they're inside. Wolverine stops them from walking down this hallway. He goes, guys, no, 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 no. And they're like, what? 
And he goes, Your favorite line, Henry. He goes, Something's up here. And then Storm's like, I can help with that. Shoots some fog and reveals lasers, like some bank security, you know? Lasers crisscrossing across the ground. And and Beast is like, Beast learn Beast is learning stuff about mutants every day. And he goes, You can smell the lasers? And all Wolverine says is Ozone. Ozone. Yeah, he smells the ozone of the layers of the lasers. What? No. He's doing a callback. Oh. No. Beast listed the things that may or may not have caused mutants. He looks to Beast and references (laughs) one of those three things, which is ozone layer. It's a dumb callback. So you're saying the way the reason I can do that is because of ozone. Yeah, he's like in his mind, he's like. I think he's smelling the ozone of, of the lasers. What is was the, the ozone just really popular ozone? in 1992? Yes, ozone was. You remember the ozone layer was like a huge thing. That's true. Especially when we were like kids, there was this whole thing of like, oh, there's a hole in the ozone layer above uh, Australia yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like they wouldn't oh, shut up about it. Oh, wait a second. I just googled ozone. Ozone is an inorganic molecule with the chemical formula O3 or O2, whatever O3. It yep. is a pale blue gas. Yep. With a distinctively pungent smell. Yep. He's smelling the we ozone. Can smell the ozone? The lasers are giving off ozone and he's Holy smelling shit. it. That's how he knew there were lasers. Dude, you smell like ozone. Well then so then <laughs> Beast gives a line that b- kind of blew my mind a little bit. He says a, a line from a poem where he says, With faint heart, averted feet, and many a tear, in our opposed path to persevere. A minor poet for a minor obstacle. The poem is Farewell, and it's by Coventry Patmore, who's like this old, like, uh, 19th century poet. Uh, it's just crazy that Beast is just casually throwing this, and he's also roasting this guy for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Reason. He's like, like hmm, a minor poet for a minor He's obstacle. saving his best material then for Then he does his Beast thing where he swings across the roof, bam, 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 gets over to the security panel and utters one of my other favorite lines from this episode. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Oh my god. That is I, had, I had to. Uh no, this is what Beast says. He looks at the security box and and he goes, I wonder security. Are any of us ever truly secure? What? And then he flips all the panels, well, hold turns on. all the security. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because he's just pondering In to himself. The kids show? He's a smart guy. <laughs> He has to relax. He's always wondering about, you know, geopolitical issues, social issues. He's so anxious, like, all the time. But he looks so happy. It's foreshadowing. It's deep. I guess, yeah. Well, we do see him meditating, like, pretty soon after this. Okay. So then he turns off off all the security parameters that are stopping the X-Men from getting to the the room where all the files are kept. And right as the X-Men are about to open the door, we look to the other side of the door and see... A whole bunch of dudes with a whole bunch of guns pointed right at that door. And on that note, the first episode ends. Previously on X Boys. <laughs> and we're back. Part two, Night of the Sentinels. Let's go. Part two. So where we left our heroes, they were about to get uh, descended on by MCA guards. Just obliterated by gunfire. They were about to open that door and really just bad. get annihilated. 
Wolverine smelled the ozone, but he did not smell the guards coming. Or oh. did he? <laughs> so because this right starts. As I smell what I want to smell. <laughs> right. Direct quote from Wolverine. <laughs> because right before he's about to open that door, Wolverine goes, up, 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 up. not so fast. Yeah, exactly. I'm smelling gun oil. Yep. And we should not go through that door. So what do they do? They call in a favor from our mutants outside, Cyclops, Gambit, and Rogue, in need of a distraction. And yeah. what do they do? <laughs> they distract all right. They start just murdering. Just wrecking shit. I mean, Rogue Rogue is literally like throwing tanks around yeah. like it's freaking cotton candy. Like it's throwing nothing. Tanks, throwing tanks, throwing people. people into the river. It's a lot of throwing. Cyclops um, is blasting. Gambit is throwing his cards. Okay, but also I think we're forgetting the very important and very weird thing that Morph does on the inside. Oh, yeah. He distracts people as well. And how does he do that? He pretends to be General Morph. And let's take a listen to his very unique, very convincing voice. We're under attack. Report to the guard room immediately. Mm, sorry. I'll buy it. One more time. We're under attack. Report to the guard room immediately. Here's where you're wrong, Henry. That's, what am I wrong about? That is that's the general's voice. Exactly. It's not no, his fault. Because we already way. saw. Nope. Here's the thing. We already saw Morph when he took the form of every single character. He perfectly mimics their voice as well. So when he took the form of He's this general, talented. this general has to be based on a real guy. Morph can't just create something out of nothing. He well, has to turn into something he did knows. He, okay. It's even better. Did no, he it's perfectly even better. do Gambit? Because I don't think he did. Hold on. Yeah, hit me if with it Gambit. Makes you feel any better, Gambit? I go in like this, huh? That's, that's literally Gambit's voice. I don't know. What are, you, are you? What are you smoking right now, dude? Here's it's. It gets even weirder because he's flipping through channels in episode one and he sees Jubilee. She doesn't say a fucking word, but uh, he still nails her accent. Still perfectly mimics her voice. So let's just say he's a perfect mimic. Yes, that okay. is exactly what he is. So he uh, perfectly. Don't you forget it. So a, he perfectly mimics this. We're under attack. That's Beautiful. just what this guy sounds like. <laughs> That's hey, general. Hey, hey, wife, I love you. Good night. I love my <laughs> this, beautiful this baby son. God bless America. Uh, I'm a general in the in the for the MCA for a private organization that sometimes works with the federal government. That's exactly what he says. <laughs> That's like him waking up at 9 a.m., getting on the call, going, "All right, guys, what's the schedule for today?" He sounds like a long-tailed cat in a room full of <laughs> rocking chairs. That's a rogue quote. I don't completely think I completely forgot about that. <laughs> she says it. No, wait, they loved it so much that they end episode one with her saying it. And then she says it again. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. That's their important information from the so first anyway, episode. Uh, you look as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. But here's the thing, Henry. It works. The guys believe oh, it. Oh, it works. And all the guards immediately run out of the room and just give the complete the room over to the X-Men who just walk in and just start going through It's actually kind of terrifying. He lures them into a room, and then you only see a silhouette, and then he shifts, and he's like, gotcha, bitch, or he says something <laughs> like that. Definitely doesn't say bitch, but. So long, suckers. That's literally what he yeah, says. As yeah, as he closes the door. Yeah. I, I did. I found it. Um, Are you respecting Morph yet? Because if we finish this, and that's what we accomplished. I think that was a very smooth move, but yeah. I still think he's a freak. No Morph, and they all die in a hail of gunfire. You're taking the True. wrong lesson from X-Men. You're saying because Morph laughs funny, because he talks funny, that he's a weirdo and you don't like him, and you should be ashamed of yourself. See, it's a show about. <laughs> it's a show about outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm sorry. And Morph is possibly the most outsider among the outsiders. I you don't even know if, the, if just, that's what Morph looks like regularly. What if that's some other dude he's pretending to be? 
Who is the real Morgan? I just kind of want to know his backstory. I just want to know like what he's done. You he's know? best friends with Wolverine. Picture them throwing baseball in the, the yard of... That's true. I do we'll, respect Wolverine. We'll get to their relationship a little bit later. But, okay. Uh, anyway, so, so yeah. Beast tax the system. He says some more random poetry. I don't know if uh, you remember that one, Andrew. You got that? <laughs> I did not get that one. Okay. He says a lot not, of poetry uh, in the show. Dead. He's always showing how smart he is. Like we so, said, he's a little jerk like that. Yeah. So outside Cyclops outside gang is doing a whole bunch of fighting, a whole bunch of distractions. They eventually rendezvous with inside gang yeah inside gang comes out they've destroyed the files they've mission almost accomplished cyclops is going absolutely insane it's just a matter of getting out of there at this point yeah exactly he blows up the guard tower easily rogue still shooting people around and then all how of many, a sudden how many people do we think they kill like what's a rough estimate of how many people you think they're probably they're killing fine. in the sequence oh i'm saying they're fine because these people are objectively evil they work for an evil corporation that's keeping a registry of humans so 78 78 i'd go with like maybe close to 50 a little bit we'll less. meet in the middle at 61 all right they kill 61 people in this episode it's that's you heard canon. It here first, right. folks. that's canon i need a cannon pretty fire con- button pretty convincing <laughs> argument i need a cannon fire uh, and effect. we're gonna be keeping a kill count yeah exactly <laughs> throughout the series um so we get the idea that they're getting like super overwhelmed i mean they're every all the eyes of the MCA are on X-Men. All the Sentinels available are descending on them. It's I mean, getting bad. It's looking really, really they bad. They're doing well, but it's getting bad. And then we cut back to the X-Mansion where Xavier and Jean have been monitoring the situation from afar the entire time via Cerebro. Uh, What's Cerebro? Cerebro. Because they don't explain it in the, in the episode. Oh, that's right. Cerebro is basically the giant supercomputer that they use to um, expand Xavier and Gene's powers to uh, detect mutants and to just sort of be able yeah. to tell what's going on with their team at any given moment. Right. So we cut back to them kind of abruptly while they're getting overwhelmed at the MCA. And Gene is like, and, and Gene's like, she senses a disturbance in the force, a if you will. A great disturbance, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to contact the group, and they can't. She, she's like, I can't reach Morph. Where, I, I, I don't. I, I don't sense anything. Where, where is he? And guess what? He's fucking dead. We find out. You seem pretty happy about that. I'm not sad. He died. You know what I'll say? I'm not sad yet. But they make me sad. Yeah. Okay. Everyone cries. Here's yeah. the thing. They do a great job yeah. of retroactively making yeah. you realize that Morph was kind of potentially the emotional glue that held right. the team together. It totally. I I I I especially okay, I'm learning and in, in, in real time I'm starting to feel. Especially Berserker Rage himself, Mr. Wolverine, seemed like he had a really close connection right. to Morph because as soon as they get back from the mission. Oh, man. He punches Cyclops, gut punches Cyclops immediately and is mad at him for um, bailing on the boys for yeah basically saying that uh hey we got to get out of here we got to leave morph behind uh right and you also find out that beast gets captured by the mca he's still alive but he's captured so the mission is half success failure for our team but success in terms of uh you know destroying those names yeah so so we don't fully know what happened yet but we know they get back and things are bad morph is probably dead and uh, I will say they do introduce an important dynamic here of when Wolverine punches Cyclops and he goes, you know, nothing, little man. And Jean comes running in and like kind of diffuses the situation between the two. She sort of acts as like the mom of like, OK, boy, like, you know, cut it out, you two, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so they get back. Wolverine's pissed. As Andrew said, he punches him in the stomach. He's just like, get the fuck out of my 
way. This is your fault. He blames him. He storms off into the garage. He sees he sees Scott, aka Cyclops's little shitty car, and he goes, you know what? I'm gonna make this a little bit shittier. Just cuts off the top. One clean swipe. One clean swipe cuts it off. Jean comes in and she's like, Wolverine, stop. And he goes, Tell Cyclops I made him a convertible. Oh my god. So badass. Just I love Wolverine here. Filled. These first two episodes are filled with one liners. It shows you what kind of friend Wolverine is. He'll make you a convertible. Throw you over a fence if you need it. Right. He's a good dude. Then doesn't he drive off in that car? No, he drives. He it's has a, a jeep. I think it's oh, he has he's a, got a sick like. He prefers cruiser. to have the wind blowing. Yeah, through he's his, got like his a side beach burns. cruiser. He's just cruising. And this is where this starts his like Michael Mann eighties like montage. He's thinking about life. He's contemplating his life choices it's up to this so point. He's realizing sick. he won't have his best friend in the whole wide world morph with him ever again for one of the, to make him laugh on one of these missions. But we're know? wondering what the fuck happened to Morph. We 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 cut away, you know, exactly. we, we just got home. Well, we're going to find out. We, we we look deep into the depths of Wolverine's memory as a flashback shows us what happened to Morph and uh, as they were escaping, the X-Men were just descended upon by Sentinels, about uh, about 5 of them to be exact and uh Cyclops does his best to, to destroy most of them. I think he destroys all of them. Uh, there, but then there's even more, and they just keep coming, and it seems like it won't stop. And Cyclops makes the decision to get the team out of there. He says, everyone go, go, we go. Get the fuck out of here. Wolverine refuses in true Wolverine fashion. He wants to stay and fight them all off and to make sure that the entire team is able to make it. So Wolverine's getting aggressive. He's he's about to charge at these like three or five Sentinels. It just it's it's too much for Wolverine. Obviously, for everyone else knows it except for him. Morph goes, Wolverine, please don't. Jumps out in front of him, and basically we don't see it, but he blocks some kind of fatal blow. We have to assume that Morph got decapitated and destroyed. Yeah, let's just say oh, that just his body just gets obliterated. Yeah, absolutely. It's too much for TV. And I'm just smiling watching that. <laughs> oh no! Wolver- this sends Wolverine into just. First time we ever see him go into berserker rage mode. Beast mode. No pun intended. Oh, and Beast gets knocked back into an electric so fence. So far into an electric fence and really gets electrocuted. He gets and kind of passes out. We kind of, you could assume he's dead from that, but we find out from Xavier Jean Grey he's fine in some way. They do kind of try to build up like, oh, who's who are they not? Is it Beast or is it Morph? And it's right. like, I mean, if you know anything about X-Men, you're like, well, obviously it's going to be Morph. Yeah. The guy's not even it's really the in the creep. comics at all. So. Um, so Wolverine, this just, Wolverine's losing his mind. Morph is like his best friend. He's freaking out and he just charges and he goes, It's adamantium tasting time, boys. The Sentinel, okay. You can like hear the pain in his voice. He's losing Like it. He, he's waver, he wavers a little bit as he says that. It's, yeah. it's great voice acting work. So now instead of... The Sentinel just grabbing Wolverine, you know, maybe kicking him, maybe punching him. A little tentacle comes out, takes him by the leg, and he flings him lasso style around his head over and over and over and over, and then just yeets him out <laughs> into the like into the woods. I have it's really disrespectful, honestly. There's no other way to describe it. it he he went. He went beyond his orders and really just put some style points on this and just flung him out into the woods. So Cyclops then takes out at least five, at least five Sentinels. We see that he's just insane. But you see why he's the leader? Because oh like, my god, he's so strong. Yeah, um, it's insane. 
So Wolverine comes eventually makes his way back. He wants to go after Morph and Beast. They meet up at the uh, at the jet, and he's like, "We got to go back." And Cyclops is like, "No, I can't." And and he's like, "Please, like it's my he's my best friend. I I have to go back." He you can tell he's not going to back down. So Rogue, this is when we first see Rogue use her this kind of power, sucks his soul out. Andrew, explain. <laughs> Well, no, I Explain mean, Explain the soul sucking. Uh, yeah, basically, Rogue, you know, she touches your skin and she sucks out your life force. Uh, she takes your life energy, which means if you're a mutant, she also can absorb your powers for a, a brief moment. And sometimes if she holds on a little too long, she'll she'll get that power. In the comics, she's actually, there's a period of time where she was acquiring a lot more powers. And by we'll definitely see a lot of that in the show. Taking right. powers from other people, but she's doing it too much to where then she gets those powers permanently, and it's kind of insane. I mean, you, she starts off OP and only becomes more so. Right. So, yeah, back to the present. Uh, we come out of Wolverine's emotional flashback. He's squatting on a hill by himself, completely alone, and he just goes, I'll avenge you, Morph. Just squatting on a mountaintop. It's really, it's beautiful. It's it, very it, emotional scene. It needed some kind of, like, 80s love ballad or something in the background, just a poignant... Just something. But he decides to wash away his feelings in drink. Uh, he goes to a bar and uh, decides to get a little rough and tumble with a couple of the locals. Some guys decide to cross Wolverine. Like, are you insane? I do want to point out that one of these guys is, like, wearing a shirt that has the, like, Thunderbird logo on it. And oh. he also has a tattoo that has the Thunderbird logo. There the guy is definitely not Thunderbird. But I, it was kind of weird. It's like a weird little nod or huh. Easter egg that they uh, decided to give him, like the T Bird uh, logo. Yeah, so he get, he picks he gets in a little fight, but then who walks into the bar? Last person you'd expect to see Cyclops Scott himself. Now he's in his civilian wear. He's got his his cool red aviators on. And that's what I love about Cyclops is that he oh never ever gives up on his team. No, he, he despite he, what Wolverine may think. Yeah, he, he comes in and he goes, he goes, hey. Break it up. And the guy's like, what are you going to do, four eyes? And he goes, you wouldn't hit a man with glasses, would you? Why and wouldn't the guy, you? The guy, Is that a rule? Takes The guy with the pool cue pulls his glasses down, and Cyclops goes, wait, no! And then <laughs> just blasts the pool table. Like, wouldn't you close your eyes or something? No, nah, he was the guy to learn a lesson. <laughs> I guess so. He just sounds so panicked. He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. do that. And the guy like comes at him with the, like pool cue first and like uses yeah. the tip of the pool cue to pull his glasses off, which yeah. is crazy dexterity on that guy's behalf. So they walk outside. Cyclops, he, he listen, he follows orders, but he, he's a good guy at heart. He can't he just he wants to do the right thing, whether it's to to complete the mission or to make sure that his friends are safe. And guess what? He failed. He, he succeeded the mission, but he failed on keeping his friends safe. So he wants to make it better, okay? But guess what? Wolverine, he's... Um, well, let's listen. Eat dirt, Cyclops. Okay, not great. He's not hearing him out <laughs> at all. Cyclops is, like, literally trying to be like, dude, like, please Cyclops help got me him out, out of, here. Yeah, he got him out of the fight in the bar. Still not good enough. Morph is dead. So guess what? I don't apologize for command decisions. Insane line. The coolest line, though, also. It's Wait, a horrible... I hate this line. I know. But the it, thing is, that's... It explains Cyclops. Yes. It does, By but the end of this episode, like you, you just completely understand his dilemma as a leader, where he's torn between his leadership to Xavier and his leadership to his friends, who are also his teammates. Like, how do you separate the friendship from the teammate? Like, yes, he had to leave behind Morph and Beast, and unfortunately, Morph was killed, but it was ultimately 
to save the rest of the team and to ultimately save the mission. And guess where they're at now? That's why he's with Wolverine right now. He's saying, listen, what do you say you and I get even? And Wolverine goes, what does he say? Say when and where. Yeah, he's like, hell yeah, brother. It just like perfectly encapsulates that like good cop, bad cop, 80s, 90s, just like, listen, we may be from different sides of the tracks, but together, we're a fucking fast train. <laughs> what? Which brings us to our next point. <laughs> well, then they kiss. Yeah. Then well, they... What's great about this is it's it's the first time of hopefully many, because it happens in the comics a lot, where we see Cyclops doing something that's maybe not necessarily Xavier's direct orders, but it is for the ultimate betterment oh, of the good team. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's going off book. It's important. But Xavier knows what you're doing at all times, so you can't uh, slip one by. Not necessarily, we don't know that unless he's looking for you, which he isn't. So true. Those eyebrows are always up to something. But Scott's got a plan, and he knows that the mutant control agency has targeted Jubilee, obviously, and is targeting her family. And this guy who's in charge of it, Gyrick, uh, he's been talking with Jubilee's parents to try to get them to reveal the identity of the X Men because they obviously saw Rogan storm uh, at the mall with her so they think jubilee knows them somehow and he is desperate to get a hold of these so-called x-men because they seem to be extremely powerful mutants and a huge threat to the sentinel program and uh his agenda overall so cyclops pays a visit to jubilee's family to see you know if they've talked to this guy if they if they know where jubilee is uh where she could have possibly been taken to yeah and dad is you know, back to the bad dad. Still kind of being a little like, you know, my daughter's beautiful. Basically, he's just annoying. And he's like basically questioning the intentions of the MCA. And it's like, hey, dude, like, obviously this is bad. And he's like, well, I don't understand why. And Cyclops says something very important that Storm said earlier in the episode in part one. He says, People fear what they don't understand. Major theme. This is the a major theme of the X-Men. It, get, it, it it ties into race. It ties into just, I don't know, what else, Andrew? Oh, Come on. It's well, xenophobia. Yeah, yeah, xenophobia you know. in general. It's just like Henry came into this not liking Morph, oh you God. know? And go. by the time he learned... Because the mantra of the X-Men, like, here's the beauty of Morph. I don't apologize for command decisions. I don't apologize. <laughs> I don't apologize but here's the thing: if you there. were if you were about to get hit by a car and Morph was right there, he'd save you. He'd morph. He'd into morph a car. into you, and he'd save you. And he'd say, "Hey, Henry, <laughs> look, I'm not debating that his name is terrible, Morph, but he's a great guy." Because the big mantra of the X Men is that they are sworn to protect people who fear and hate them, and right, that's what Morph would do for you, Henry. He swears so to protect long, you. So Jubilee's dad thinks he's doing the right thing, and Scott's kind of like, yeah, okay, you didn't really, but it's fine, whatever. And and Scott leaves, because here's what he knows. He knows that Gyrick and his sentinels are probably watching this place, and guess what? They are. Oh, There's yeah. a sentinel right there. Big and it, time. And uh, Henry, you want to play out how this uh, little interaction goes between this sentinel and our, our baby yeah. boy Cyclops? walks out into the street, and uh, he says this to Cyclops, and then Cyclops says a little something back to him. Surrender, mutant. Of course. Not. Oh, classic. Psych. Classic not joke. I need, an, I need an air horn on the soundboard because guess what? We got another one-liner, baby. Another banger. 
So he blasts the arm off this sentinel like it was nothing, basically. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. He blasts the arm off. Now, we've been seeing Cyclops behead these sentinels the entire episode. He doesn't make mistakes. And Cyclops doesn't make mistakes because he knows that this sentinel is about to head back home for maintenance. And it does. It blasts mm. off, and the X-Men are quick to follow to find out the secret base of operations where these sentinels are getting built. And hopefully... Where Jubilee is being kept. It it's in Detroit, Michigan, plan. for some reason. Wait, yes. really? Yes. Oh, yeah. True. Oh, wow. Incredible. You're you're finding out that that things are falling apart for yeah. Gyrick and uh, this other scientist who comes in, Bolivar Trask, uh, who is the... Bolivar. <laughs> is, the... is it Bolivar? It's Bolivar. Bolivar? Bolivar? Bolivar. Bolivar. Hmm. Okay. Bolivar Trask, who's, who created the Sentinel program, and Bolivar's pissed at Gyrick because he's like, dude, we weren't supposed to test these until we had a hundred of them built, and you put them out in the field too early, and they're not ready, and we now have way too much pressure on us, and the president has backed out of their uh, agreement with uh, the Mutant Control Agency or, or Trask blew Industries. Your wad. And... <laughs> Now they have to. They've got all their pun- funding from the federal government pulled, and they're going to take their operation overseas. Where we don't know, but maybe we'll oh, find out. Jamaica, Jamaica. Meanwhile, the X Men are just—they come in super hot into this place, and it's just a massive fight between X Men and Sentinels. And they are not being guard- stealthy this time. It is just an all-out brawl inside, right? And you're just seeing all of them like at their prime, like in their peaks, just like going at it. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Quality X-Men action. Yeah. And then Jubilee says, Time to blow this joint. And they kill everyone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they, they pretty much destroy every Sentinel, anything. It's like a warehouse. It's it's they're, massive victory for the X-Men. Yeah, it's, it's great. Gyrick and Trask are on the run. They they get they get out of there. The X-Men save Jubilee. They bring her back to the mansion. And you know it's kind of a nice little... Uh, ending where she says farewell to her foster parents and says hello to her new family at Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Yeah, she's like, listen, I think the school is the best place for me, obviously, by the way. Like, the parents obviously. are like, have no idea what to do. And they're like, huh, will, will you ever visit? And she says, does a mall baby chili fries? And I guess the answer is yeah. Yes. I'm we'll, a mall we'll baby. we got to tune I... in for the next episode. To see. <laughs> the next episode. I'm not sure. We'll see if a mall baby eats chili fries. Hey, I'm, I'm a mall baby. I eat chili fries. And that, guys, that's the end of part two. I will say, before we go, one of the last sentiments that's expressed in the episode is Cyclops just talking about how like remorseful and sad oh, yeah, he is yeah, about yeah. how things went in this episode, He's which is another Gene. major thing for his character is that he just takes on all of the guilt of the team and their failures, and that... Uh, Starts to mess with him a little bit. Yeah, he's like, re- he feels really guilty. The burden of responsibility is looms large over his head. So how do you guys feel about the episode overall? Like, for me, it's mission accomplished. Like, I think it perfectly establishes the characters, perfectly establishes it's the incredible. world, the themes, the ideas, the philosophy. Like, you get it immediately as soon as you finish these episodes. The story's great. The action is great. Really delivers on the action. The action is so cool. I'm um, not a person that gives perfect scores, but it's a pretty perfect pilot. Does a mall baby chili fries? All right, so you guys want to rate this? Let's do uh, let's do out of ten chili fries. Ten, ten for the X. It's Roman numeral for X. Yeah. Ten. Get it, guys. I'm I'm giving this a straight up ten out of ten chili fries. To me, this is a perfect 
two, putting both these episodes together as one, it is a perfect episode of an X-Men show. John? Drenched in chili. 10 out of 10 chili fries. <sighs> Look. Now part there of There'll be episodes down the line where I'm I'm like this is you know 2 out of 10 chili fries. There, there's some missteps every now sure, and then. Sure, sure. But for now, as far as establishing fucking amazing characters that made you want to run out and buy action figures as soon as you finish the episode, 10 out of 10. Listen, I agree with you. Guys, I agree. This is obviously a 10 chili fries out of chili 10 chili fries. But part of me's like, well, morphs in it. Just lay it on us. So then I might give it a seven out of ten because because morphs, of morphs. I'm just seriously, guys. Is this a morph, ten out of ten? Morph, morph no, brings no, no, it down no, no. that much for you, guys. I'm joking. Is this a ten out of ten? Does a mall baby chili fries? Hell yeah, she does. Damn. It's a ten out I of ten. I don't know if she does. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, Someone tell me. I believe in the comic she does eat chili fries. I'm pretty sure I, I oh should, my God, I should crack open that comic again, the two, uh, Uncanny 244. I'm pretty sure she does get chili fries, and that's probably where they got that line from. Wow. Um, Whoa, she's a mall So are, are we are we done? Do Is there anything else we want to wrap up? Because we do have a, a whoa, special whoa, whoa. ending. Before we go, yeah, we've got to send off our boy, John. mine and John's... <sighs> Well, I wouldn't Morph. say favorite character, but a uh, character that we care deeply about. Yeah. It's our boy Morph. Pretty sad. Our first X-Men to pass away. First X-Men that we're going to miss. Perfect impersonations of anyone he changes into. Calvin Klein. Under attack. Report to the guard room immediately. Pitch perfect. We've got yeah. Senator Kelly that he impersonates at yeah. one point. He impersonates Gambit. <laughs> oh. That laugh echoes in my mind. It's going to echo in my dreams. The way he flies over that fence. We're going to miss you, buddy. And here's to hoping that in true comic fashion, you'll return to us somewhere down the road. So long, suckers! Don't ever change, Morph. We love you. Henry doesn't, but John and I do. And that'll do it for episode uh, one, our giant-sized episode one of the X-Boys podcast. I, I think we did it, right, guys? Yeah. Oh, we did something. <laughs> I mean, we did something, all right. Oh, I man. don't apologize for command yeah, decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So join us next week where we will catch up with our boy in blue, the prisoner beast, and see how he holds up and how he may or may not get out of this precarious situation he finds himself in true and i think we're meeting someone very special magna 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 nido magna magna <laughs> what was Matt, that Magneto's Magneto's theme song. Theme song. you never heard that before magna magna can't say magneto, i have magna 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 all right bye everybody <laughs> adios see you later